the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Monday, November 13th, 2023. I am Seth Liebson. I have Mr. Bill to my right. I have David Dahl, my producer, to my north. And desde Norte del David, Miss Terry. So anyone else who wants to get in can do so at 602 602- Five zero eight zero nine six zero six zero two fifty eighty nine sixty. A few contemporary contentions on current controversies. First, Tim Scott, as you likely heard by now, has ended his presidential campaign. It's very difficult not to like Tim Scott, and I would watch for him as a potential vice presidential choice for Donald Trump should he secure the nomination. He seems like such a good guy, I almost hate to say what I'm about to, but it's this and perhaps more of a warning for others than really a critique of Tim Scott. I think the first obligation of any candidate contemplating a run for office is an honest assessment of knowing thyself, knowing yourself. Know thyself. I was inscribed at the top of the ancient Greek Apollo temple, and Plato describes that phrase as meaning Having a temperance or a soundness of mind, temperance, moderation, self-control, that's what it really means. And if you're going to run for office, you need to do one big thing, and that's raise a lot of money. And you will do a second thing, and that is take away attention from others, which means taking away perspective successes of others. Because you believe or have convinced yourself you are, A, more likely to win and be the better choice. But not enough look at these things broadly enough, asking, will all the millions of dollars I'm going to raise and all the attention from others really be fruitful? In other words, do I really have a chance? Tim Scott raised tens of millions of dollars, and one wonders about what that money could have elsewhere gone to or to whom or what. I like that he pulled out now, of course, but the writing was on the wall long ago. I don't mean to single him out. The highway is littered with far worse offenders in this field. But when you decide to run for office, I beg, think it through. Do you have a real shot or are you just a distraction? There's an interesting analog over at the Biden re-election campaign effort. If you thought Biden was considering not running for re-election, guess again. Jonathan Martin in Political writes, quote, There's a truth Biden refuses to accept. His capacity, and this is based on interviewing a lot of people at the White House, his capacity to do the job. The oldest president in history, when he first took the oath, Biden will not be able to govern and campaign in the matter of previous incumbents, in the manner of previous incumbents. He simply does not have the capacity to do it, and his staff doesn't trust him to even try, as they make clear by blocking him from the press. Biden's bid will give new meaning to a Rose Garden campaign, and it requires accommodation to that unavoidable fact of life, close quote. Note that last point, which is really the fuller point of the full article, how to get Biden over the line next November, given that he's not even contemplating turning over the nomination to someone else. The lack of self-awareness is, of course, standard for anyone in the grip of cognitive decline or disease. 
California and China. Have you seen the stories that nearly of a sudden the human and material debris and homeless in San Francisco are no more? That which we've noted and bewailed for the past several years was fixed in about 72 hours, the last 72 hours. Quoting from the Washington Examiner, quote, San Francisco has cleaned up its homelessness in preparation for a visit from Chinese President Xi Jinping scheduled for this week. The cleanup of the city comes after Governor Gavin Newsom visited China last month. The cleanup included a power washing and scrubbing of the city's streets and the removal of most of the city's homeless, close quote. Governor Gavin Newsom even admitted to all this on Friday, saying, quote, I know folks are saying, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming to town. And that's true because it's true. Close quote. That's what he said. It's true because it's true. Tent cities, open air drug dens, human excrement all just disappeared. Quote, they've cleared out the tents that were near the Moscone Center on Howard Street, which tells me the city had the capability to do this all along. Instead, they just do the bare minimum, community activist Ricky Lee Wine told the New York Post, close quote. Right. We've been saying for years, whether it was the border or this problem or any number of problems, it's not a matter of ability, but rather one of will. Not one of velleity, but volition. This is unbearable. To look good to foreign visitors, especially China's leader Xi Jinping, we will finally clean up our mess, our crime, our blight. The responsibility for, for civic government, governance should always, first and foremost, be in response to and responsible to our own citizens. And they have been complaining of this blight for years. But bring in a foreign visitor, a competitor, if not an enemy of America, and they'll do it so as to impress him. How about we start taking seriously American leaders and leadership that care first about Americans and impressing them rather than foreign dictators who want to see American failure? Idea here. Katie Hobbs, Joe Biden, invite Xi Jinping to our southern border. Bet you'd get it fixed in about three days. Speaking of China and California, another concern. Governor Newsom just announced the creation of California's new cradle-to-career system. You heard of it? According to his official statement, the system will integrate over 1 billion data points, providing unprecedented insight and transparency, ostensibly to improve career outcomes for millions of Californians. C2C's integration of data, notes the statement, will provide the public researchers and lawmakers unprecedented insight that could improve education and quality of life for millions of Californians. Sound familiar? If you study China and its social credit system, it should. As John McGillan from The Spectator wrote, quote, the vast majority of Americans, not just those living in California, are having their data harvested and their privacy violated. Last year, for example, a sobering investigation by the Georgetown Law Center on Privacy and Technology clearly demonstrated the many ways in which the Immigrations and Customs Enforcement employs highly sophisticated surveillance system to spy on tens of millions of Americans. As the report noted, even those who live in states with strict privacy-protecting laws were being targeted. Like China, the U.S. now has about one surveillance camera system for every four citizens. 
It has become very common in recent years for leading U.S. politicians to denounce China's authoritarian ways, and no doubt some of these politicians are sincere, but it is clear to see many important lawmakers in the U.S. admire the CCP's inhumane methods of surveillance. California's new C2C system may very well be the future of America, close quote. Many of you are, of course, familiar with financial credit systems, whereby loans and other financial services are based on your financial credit score or record. China does one better with their social credit system based on how good a citizen you are. And, of course, raising the Aristotelian question about what it means to be a good citizen in a bad country versus a bad citizen in a bad country. Just consider what books you buy or read, what websites you access, what magazines or sites you subscribe to, what rallies you attend, what school board meetings, and over what issues of them you show up for, what shows you watch, what shows you stream, what shows you listen to, what shows you call into. In Europe, during the height of COVID, they had a scannable card everyone could use as your passport to enter certain places. Remember talk of COVID passports in many parts of Europe, they actually deployed them. And a lot of people thought this was just great and really efficient. Sure, A, if you agree you should only be given privileges for marching in lockstep with the state's arbitrary demands that indeed made no sense in the first place, thus the arbitrary nature of them, and B, if you don't care about autonomy or equal justice or due process at all. Take a look at this story out of California. C2C, the letter C, the number 2, and the letter C again. Cradle to career. Do recall the last sentence of George Orwell's 1984 should haunt you. It is haunting. The last sentence of 1984 by George Orwell. He loved Big Brother. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. Be right back. Ah, yes. Yes. Uh, Right. With nowhere else to go. Yeah. He never returned. Can two grown men? Yeah. Yeah, divorced men. Right. Very good. It was kind of one of those, um, it was a different kind of TV show. It was kind of one of, there weren't a lot of sitcom. I mean, a lot of sitcoms did low-hanging fruit. We've talked a little bit about this, particularly in the 60s and 70s. But then some of them, you know, they they kind of changed the genre a little bit. They kind of, This was one of them. The Odd Couple was one of them. Cheers was probably one of them. Seinfeld, obviously. Uh, Friends, maybe. Um, a few others. I was talking to a Craig Maggi. Uh, he, he thinks maybe King of Queens. But The Odd Couple really, really was different. And they, they had a lot of great um, uh, walk-ons, or what do you call them? People playing their—what what do you call it when someone plays themselves— Celebrity appearances? Yeah, but uh, <clears throat> anyway, it's a... Cameo appearances? Yes, thank you. Cameo cameos. Cameos. A lot of cameos um, that were a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of figures 
from sports and Monty Hall was on it. Deacon Jones, um, who was the uh, Bobby Riggs, uh, Billie Jean King, who was the um, Howard Cosell. They were all on it. It was a lot of fun. Have you ever watched an episode of it? I, I can't say that I have. Oh, you will love it. You're, I, you're kind of a Felix. Which one is that? Uh, Tony Randall. Okay, and why do you say that? <laughs> Just Well, for instance, the way you cook. He was a master chef. Oh, okay. That's and he loved cooking these elaborate meals. Yeah. By the way, we got to find a song for your most recent. You you showed me a. T- I did. I yeah. made some sausage tortellini soup over it the weekend. It looked fantastic. I mean, I don't eat that fall stuff. Favorite, but you know, the looks... crab cakes are sort of a summer thing. Now we're moving into fall. Gotta we need do some more. We fall need a recipes. good. What do we need? An Italian song Probably for you? Probably something like Louis Prima. Or, Probably yeah. Louis Prima. Something like that. Yeah, let's do Louis Prima. Just if so I can find something that matches the the timing, you know. Yeah, just so we can get. I'll have the, to edit the video. Yeah, it's very good. It looks very good. It looks thick and hearty, which is what you need a soup to be if you're going to eat soup. It was. It yeah. was indeed. Yep. Is it all gone? No, there's there's extra. Uh, you can come over tonight. And no, have no, some. no, it's not my. I, <laughs> as you know, I'm trying not to eat meat, but um, it looked gorgeous. Even the little bit of sausage, uh, no, you especially it out and give sausage, it back to me. especially sausage, <laughs> especially. But um, I'm not a, against it. I'm in favor of it. You're in favor of yeah. sausage, but you just don't partake of it. I was. Yourself. I used to be a chain smoker years ago, and um, you know, I was always sensitive to it. You know, doing it in front of other people and stuff. And uh, Neil Kozadoy, who for many years was the editor of Commentary, substantially older than me, and we hung out a lot in New York. Such a good man. And uh, I remember the first time I lit up in front of him, I said, "Is this okay? Would you rather he?" I stand outside. He goes, "No, I." I I totally I don't smoke myself, but I totally support it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, awful. He, he, was, awful. He, was, he was an ally. He stood in solidarity. <laughs> awful. Just awful. I can't believe I did that. But anyway, it's over now. Formerly nicotine stained nicotine stained fingers. Um, okay, there's a lot I I I, I want to talk about, but one of the interesting things that just came out was another poll on Donald Trump. And this one is different than the two last week. So there were two polls last week. Um, Siena and uh, New York Times that showed in five states, uh, five important states, swing states, including Arizona, uh, that Donald Trump is beating Joe Biden in three of the five. And in two out of the five, it was within a margin of error. Um, new polling just came out from Stack Data Strategy. 15,000 registered voters show that uh, Trump would flip four states, uh, Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. It shows he would lose the popular vote by about a point, but uh, that he would win the Electoral College. So you now have three polls in a row showing that um the talking point of a year ago, or a little less than a year ago, was that there's no way he can win a general election. Now, you know, these are polls today. They're snapshots of today, and who knows what changes in a week, much less in a day or next next year. But the talking point that he can never win um, is just not credible as of right now. 
as of right now. The latest three polls, whether you're measuring popular vote or electoral, have him winning, and not from conservative outlets. The idea that this man cannot win is not possibly true. And you combine that with what I was the uh, the Politico story from Jonathan Martin I was quoting earlier, which is if people thinks Biden is trying to figure out a good way to get out or a soft landing to get out, he ain't. He ain't. Everyone else wants him to, but he doesn't want to. And he's not going to, it looks like. So, you know, to the degree, as Vivek Ramaswamy said, to the degree that uh, the Democrats think there's going to be another candidate other than Joe Biden, maybe not. Maybe not. Um, and, I, and, and, and it makes you wonder about what that means with regard to the rest of the primaries at this point. It would be foolish to say everyone needs to drop out because it's always good to have a plan B. And while he's ahead by roughly 50 percent, there clearly is a 50 percent that doesn't want him, right? That's what Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley and Chris Christie and Vivek Ramaswamy are fighting for, that other 50 percent. So what it does mean is if they care about the country, if they care about the party and the country, those remaining four, because Tim Scott's out, if they care about the country and the party more than themselves, they'll need to caucus and figure out who's got this best. And it's not going to happen, obviously, but that would be ideal, at least for those who sincerely are supporting them because they don't want Donald Trump. It's almost as if the big money supporters of Haley, DeSantis, Christie, and Ramaswamy might be thinking it's time to get together and huddle amongst ourselves because all of us are supporting one of these candidates because we don't want Donald Trump and figure out which one of y'all it's going to be because we can't keep doing this. And there seems to be about a 50% dissatisfaction with Trump as the option. And, you know, there's been so much money raised and put in that I can't see a candidate bowing out just yet. But um, that's what the non-egotistical would do, I think. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. John Dombrowski, he is the founder and president of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. He brings us our culture and economy update. How are you, sir? John, happy Monday. Happy Monday to you, Seth, as well. I'm doing great. Thank you. You betcha. Did the right thing by talking David out of camping, don't you think? <laughs> I think you did. Yeah. Actually, though, this weekend wouldn't have been as bad as next weekend if he's thinking about it. It looks like the weather's getting cooler. I know, but, you know, the thing about camping, if it were such a good idea, why are all the bugs trying to get in? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's a tough one. But this time of year is not bad. Oh, Moody's warning on the massive oh. U.S. debt burden has turned into a non-event. This is interesting. There was a time when bad news about U.S. debt would send markets into tailspin, but not now. Mm-hmm. Right. Talk to me. Uh, well, there's three major rating agencies, right? We've got Moody's as one of them, S&P, uh, and, or Standard & Poor's, mm-hmm. and then Fitch. Uh, what's interesting about this is that here's these three – credit rating agencies, and they've all now 
jumped onto the the, the wagon about um, reducing the the um, the debt here as far as its rating, and um, but the timing is really interesting. Standard and Poor did this over twelve years ago. Yeah, and um, Fitch did it earlier this year in August, and now we've got Moody's finally on board. What's really interesting is why did it take so many years for the others to uh, catch up with Standard & Poor. Now, I guess the thought could be Standard & Poor maybe was wrong 12 years ago. That could be one side of it. But I don't think so. I think the pressure really came back then in 2011 when that occurred with Standard & Poor was just some uh, challenges with uh, within Standard & Poor and the way uh, these rating agencies were kind of cozy mm-hmm. uh, with some of these uh, corporate executives and so forth. And there was some thought of maybe that maybe they weren't uh, really looking at things as they should be. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, I think we'd all agree. It goes on further here to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the challenges that we have as a nation with the debt that we currently have and the cost of carrying that debt, $659 billion uh, net interest on the debt for fiscal 2022 and now six, $66.5 billion additional now for mm-hmm. twenty. Uh, 24. So uh, it's really interesting to see the cost of this debt. You know, when we were floating bonds back when interest rates were down in the zero percent range, it was a little bit different. But now as uh, the Fed floats these uh, bonds and tries to raise capital to pay its bills, uh, people are a little bit concerned about it now. And the thought could be is, is that maybe the U.S. debt is not as safe as everyone thought it was. But I think overall, worldwide, it probably still is the safest place to put your money. Yeah. And it's interesting just about the market's response to this. And yeah, how, this time, right? Right. The mm-hmm. hair is not on fire. It kind of reminds yeah. me of the political class. You know, if you talk to someone really for going on two decades now, at least that I can remember, going far as far back as two decades, and people would bring up the debt, 11 trillion, mm-hmm. 15 trillion, 20 trillion, now right. 30 plus trillion. Thirty-three you, plus, 30, right? yeah, thirty-three plus. You would, th- <laughs> you know, you would think, you know, it would be alarming. And to parts of our movement, it is. But generally, it's it seems like it's hard to get people that excited about it. And I don't know why. I guess it's because we just keep going on and on and on. I guess I think that is. Yeah, I think that is part of it, Seth. You know, uh, initially back in 2011, when this uh, first uh, downgrade occurred from Standard and Poor, the stock market took it seriously, and it was a major correction in the markets. Uh, however, uh, today it's almost uh, old news and the markets are just kind of bypassing it. Uh, and I think it's because generally speaking, it's still a safe place to put money in U.S. treasuries. Uh, it maybe was not the best place to have money over the past decade, though, as we know, some of these, uh, these smaller banks really suffered because of uh, interest rates rising and being stuck in longer-term bonds at much lower interest rates. Uh, It was a real challenge for them. Uh, But as we started to see rates increase and where they are today and the thought that the Fed may be finished raising rates and potentially in 2024 may begin to cut rates again, uh, bonds, longer-term bonds, could potentially be a good fit for many people in a portfolio, a well-balanced portfolio, and that's something that Again, as an advisor, I talk with my clients about you how we could manage through the uh, you know the challenges that we face with interest rates and how yeah. we can create income for clients. Thank you, John. 
Thank you for everything. You bet, Seth. Talk tomorrow. Securities yeah. and advisory services are offered to Creative One Securities LLC, a member of Finran Sipic and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC, and not affiliated. Go to our website, grandcanyonplanning.com. Request an appointment there. God Thanks. bless you, John. Today's November you 13th, you know. Yes, it is. The day Felix Unger's wife asked that he be removed oh. from his place of residence. It's an important mm. day. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Right. Bye. Bye. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Jason's in Phoenix. Hello, Jason. Seth, how you doing today? I'm doing fine. How are you? Good, good. This is a, I listen to you all the time. You kind of let me down today for the first oh, time. Oh, golly, I'm sorry. What did I do wrong? You were talking about the odd couple. You forgot to mention the celebrity appearance by Roy Buck. Now, you're a music man, and treat yourself after the show, because I know you can Google it. I've done it before. If you Google Roy Clark on the odd couple. Oh, I, I, you're not teaching me anything I don't know. He just didn't show up as a cameo. He showed up as someone else. He didn't I, play I himself. Are you sure? I'm pretty I sure you're you're messing with, with you're 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 messing with the wrong guy on this one, Jason. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he was on there, but not as Roy Clark. I'm pretty sure. You check it out. Okay. All right. Ah, yeah, yeah. The the stone that was mocked has become the chief. Yeah, I turned those tables around on you, didn't I? I, I let me try it this way. Down. I appreciate that you listen to me an awful lot, but today, Jason, is the first day you disappointed me. <laughs> I guess I'll owe you a big apology. Man, well, you me. have to call yeah. in tomorrow and let me know. And by the way, if I'm wrong and you're right, then uh, I'll figure out a, an appropriate way to eat crow. But I'm pretty sure Roy Clark was on there, but not as Roy Clark. Pretty sure. Oh, all right. Oh, my goodness. All right. I, I, I feel bad for calling. This well, is you know, thing. clarity, go not back. agreement, is what we're going for. Uh, it's better to be right than resentful. Um, you know, I couldn't have you walking around in ignorance all this time either, so you never know when you're going to get set straight. Oh, all right. All right. Well, I stand corrected. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. You know what I'm talking Well, I've only read gonna... three books on The Odd Couple and only watched every episode about 80 times, so. Okay. All right. All right. I, I, Not I, as I, much I, as Magnum P.I. That I'm more expert at, but but I'm, I've, I've got good chops on The Odd Couple and The Bob Newhart well, Show. Well, for all your listeners, I hope they treat, they treat themselves after your show and they Google that. That's probably the best acoustic guitar I've ever heard in my life. Roy Clark? Yes. Oh, yeah. Very, he's a, he's an amazing talent. He and Buck Owens were an amazing talent. Um, under, underrated, you know? you know, because of Hee Haw, they were, I think, underrated just because the show was so schlocky. But they were talented musicians, very talented. Is uh, Roy Clark still alive? Good, you, que- you know, Good question. Something tells me we lost him about a year ago. Something tells me it's a recent death. And I think, oh, okay. and, and and I could be wrong about that, but I don't think he's still alive. I'm pretty sure Buck Owens isn't. You know, Buck Owens used to own the country music station here in town, and it was a picture of his guitar, that red, white, and blue guitar. Remember? K N I X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh my right. goodness. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'm going to double check, Steph. I hope I don't have to call you back and apologize. Well, I th- I I hope you do, and I think you have to. <laughs> All right. Well, good work. Good work. You got me. All right, Jason. God bless you. God love you. Thank you. That's that's I 
I love stuff like that. I love stuff like that. Everyone thinks I'd be good on Jeopardy. The truth is I wouldn't be. My brain doesn't work that way. I only know like five areas. I don't know ten areas. And it's a little bit about food. It's a little bit about trumpet. It's a little bit about, I don't know, pop culture a little bit about Aristotle, and a little bit about Sasquatch. That's about it. Am I missing a category? 80s pro right? Well, that would be pop culture. All right. We've got another caller, Steve in Tempe. Hello, Steve. Hello, Seth. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing good. And uh, by the way, you are uh, absolutely correct. Uh, the, in all, all fairness to Jason, the and by the way, I saw that uh, show that he's talking about, and I – completely agree with him that's one of the one of the most amazing acoustic guitar performances and david can you try and get it roy clark on the oh he's who am i talking to yeah he's already got us taken care of all right go on go on yeah but uh he um i i believe that show was actually performed before a live audience i think it was a live studio audience i think they used to say that yeah 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 and right in the middle of his uh performance at the end of the show he had a he he played a, i think he played like three or four songs on the show and uh, right in the middle of the last performance that he gave the audience just broke out in applause right yeah. in the middle of his wow his, uh, it was it was amazing he was a virtuoso but, uh, man he was a virtuoso was. you know people he think was. steve I, I martin know. is good the sky was better oh yeah and and i'm telling you seth i you know before i saw that show you know you you know where do you see Roy Clark? You see him on Hee Haw. Right. And, and you don't I, I take no it seriously, idea. right? You don't take it seriously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I had no idea how talented a musician oh, yeah. that guy was until oh, I saw yeah. that show. Yeah. It was phenomenal. But, you, Seth, you, you, uh, your, your record is intact, or not, I shouldn't say your record is intact, but you were completely correct. Uh, Roy Clark did not play himself on that show. Okay. I can, I can tell you that. Uh, they did uh, have a lot of people that did. Deacon Jones, I think, yeah. was one. Um, yep. Howard Cosell, you were right on that. Yep. Yeah. Howard Cosell. Monty Hall, I think. Monty Hall was on there because he had yep. an ongoing yep. dispute with Felix. Yeah. 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 God, it was a great I remember show. remember that one, too. Neil Simon. Laverne, uh, Laverne was on it, right? Penny Marshall. She was Oscar's secretary. Great cast, just a great show. Murray, Murray, who went on to go on to Happy Days, right? Al Molinaro, he was part of the card game. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He was a cop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that was a that was an amazing show, though. I mean, it's it's so funny how um, you look at the situation comedies back then, and then in comparison to what we have now, and, and you know the the. I don't know if it's the writing or the talent or or, or what, but um, second law of thermo of 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 thermodynamics. Second law of thermodynamics. Everything gets worse. <laughs> I think I think that's what we're talking about. It's why we can't have good things, you know. Yeah, that must be it. I was that, looking yeah, at an I, ad for Ever Ready batteries. Do you remember the ad for Ever Ready batteries? Uh, Ever Ready batteries, with the number nine, and it had a black cat because it had nine lives. Do you remember those? 
Yeah. I was looking yeah. at an old ad. It was classic, and it was made by the Carbon Battery Company. Can you imagine putting the name Carbon in a in a company's name these days? My friend Steve was thinking <laughs> it would never fly. The Carbon Battery yeah. Company. <laughs> Carbon. Exactly. Like, yeah, and there and, and yeah, that's in the other interesting thing. That's interesting that you brought that up because. Some of the commercials back then they were, were great. Just un- they were they unbelievably. Were great. Oh my god! Oh, so yeah, good. I mean, e- even even like you remember some of the the jingles that Coke had Is this it? On, on their commercial. Yeah, hold on, hold what? on. I'm going to keep you over, but we got to do this. Hold on. Some famous guitar licks today, huh? Portions of the show brought to you by Y Refi. They give you a secure investment that actually helps people. You can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. You're in control. You can turn your income on and off. You can pound it. Absolutely no fees. No attack on principal if you ever need your money back, and your monthly statement comes with no surprises. Think of all that flexibility. This is a secure collateralized portfolio. From Y Refi, check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest the letter Y and refy dot com, or give them a call at eight 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 Y Refi twenty four eight 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 Y Refi twenty four. Okay, Steve, what else you got for us, or what additional do you have for us? Uh, nothing else, Seth. I just wanted to concur with Jason, who called up about yep. that performance, and and uh, yeah. And, and just agree with you that Odd Couple was one of the best sitcoms from from that area, yeah. hands down. It was it was a fantastic show and yeah. and uh, I, I while, while while I was on hold, uh, I was looking up. Uh, Roy Clark did pass away in in 2018. Okay, okay. And uh, one of the things that I saw that was interesting is just to um, show you what you know. Obviously, it tells a whole lot about about. A man when you see this but uh it showed that he was married from 1957 until the time he passed away mm, 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 yeah so good yeah. guy obviously yeah and and uh but yeah i it's it's i i think you know guitar you know the the as far as guitar musicians um yeah it, that performance there i think uh opened a lot of people's eyes to just how good he yeah. good he was and i'm sure he it really added to his uh or to his attendance at yeah no i'm sure it know. did i was just thinking about some of these musicians that were on tv shows like hee-haw we didn't take him seriously if that's all you knew him from i mean you would see him play a little bit but a lot of these musicians that were on tv shows were the best of the best you know people would watch like the tonight show band and it's a goofy sh- it's not a goofy show but it was a comedy show and people just weren't sure how great those musicians were it was the best of the best and that was true of a lot of these variety shows or even things a little cornier or older like um lawrence welk and the bands behind them i mean this was the best of the best and you didn't always think necessarily so because you saw them you know messing around or playing around on tv but uh when they opened up or played with symphonies or went on tour, um, this was the stuff you wanted. This, the, these, these were the virtuosos. They got the job for a reason. What did Ginger Rogers say? Yeah, I had to do all that except backwards, you know, in reverse. That's how they had to do it. They had to be that good and comedic. All right, a lot more coming up. We'll be right back. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.